everybody. All right, all right. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Praise God. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Right in the middle of the week. It's always like this is our midweek fill up. You kind of get you what you need for the rest of the week. Amen. To make it through. So what a wonderful night to be in the house of the Lord. We are going to be taking communion tonight towards the end of the service. And so if you're watching online, you could join that with us, get the elements right there at home and, uh, and we'll do this together, but praise God. It's going to be a great, great night. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to see a wonderful turnaround, aren't we? Amen. And uh, we're just believing it every single day. So let's speak these words together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. All right. So I want to remind you that Pastor, Mrs. Pastor, or as I like to call them, Mom and Dad, they are in Indiana uh, still for a few weeks. So, and you can call them that too. I mean, I'm sure they don't mind. But anyway, uh, they are in Indiana for a, a few more weeks there, and they'll be back. But they say hello to everybody, and they love you, and they miss you. All right, uh, let's get into our announcements here. God, am I loud enough? Because I can pump up the volume, my friends. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, announcements. First of all, we want to remind all the church family. And Robert, let's get those sign-up sheets if we could from the info booth. But this uh, Monday is the funeral for our brother, John Salcedo. And uh, it's going to be at 11 a.m. on Monday. And we want to just be there, you know, if at all possible, to to love on the, the family and, and surround them with our hearts and our prayers. Uh, there's going to be a uh, afterwards there's going to be a reception and so uh, we're all kind of chipping in to provide the food it's going to be a Mexican um, themed uh, uh, dinner and so if you're able to sign up there's a sign up sheet there and you can bring something that day and uh, we're just going to do our best to show our love and we, we miss John but we know that he's with Jesus amen and so praise God for that alright the next thing is tomorrow night is our June servant leadership meeting and so that's a great time that we have together at 6.30 and this is the chance that uh, first of all to build your own leadership skills because we want to encourage you on that and also uh, we kind of uh, go over some of the business of the church, some of the happenings and, and start planning some of the future uh, things that are coming up for the rest of the year so anyway it's a great team building time so come on out tomorrow at 6.30 over in Victory Hall for the servant leadership night and then this Friday is the June Young Adult Adults get together. Yeah. And so this is for ages 18 to 30 ish. And they're going to be meeting at 630 at Denny's on Main Street. So come on out, grab some pancakes, bring your friends and have a really good time. And uh, Miss Rosalind is going to be teaching that. And then, of course, this Sunday is just one of the best days of the whole year. Right, Cletus? Amen. Come on. These guys know this. This Sunday is Father's Day, ladies and gentlemen, Father's Day. Yes. 
And uh, and so come on out. 10 a.m. service. We are going to do it up. We have a gift for every single dad that's going to be here. We're going to honor them. And by the way, we should give thanks. All joking aside that we have a wonderful church full of godly men that are raising their children in the ways of God and that are making Jesus the foundation because, hey, America needs more of that right there. And so we joke about the dads and we get silly and stuff. But honestly, it is a good day to celebrate God godly men because this nation needs more godly men and of course more godly women all right uh, but anyway we're going to have a gift for every dad and we are going to have the absolute worst dad jokes you've ever heard in your life this sunday i mean we are digging deep i have been uh, i've been digging deep for some really really bad dad jokes. And so I found them. I didn't have to go far. All right. And so anyway, uh, be here this Sunday. It is going to be phenomenal. And there's no Sunday night service this week. All right. So just make sure you know that. And then water baptisms are coming up uh, on the last Sunday of the month, June 26th. All right. And so we got a lot of people signing up. I encourage you, hey, if your children are old enough to to understand it and make that decision on their own, it's good for kids to get baptized. And so sign your sign your kid up if they're old enough. People often ask me, you know, will you baptize my one-year-old? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to baptize your one-year-old. They have no idea what's going on. I don't believe in that. I believe in if the child knows uh, and has received Jesus of their own will and their own accord, yes, we will gladly baptize them. And also sometimes, you know, people are like, well, I got sprinkled as a child or christened, you know, and, and, you know, and, and now that I'm an adult, I, I understand it and I want to make that choice for myself. I encourage you that it's okay to get baptized again, you know, and uh, now that you really know what it means. And so anyway, sign up. It'll be, uh, we're doing a morning baptisms and also, uh, we'll be baptizing at the PM service for the first time ever. So, uh, just take advantage of all of that and stay in the loop. We've got a busy summer and we want you to all stay connected to the family. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? It is happy time. All right. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. We're going to open our Bibles tonight to Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus. Who loves Leviticus? Everyone loves Leviticus, man. That's a, that's a hot book right there. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to be in the New King James, Leviticus 27. And uh, we're going to look at verse 30. And what we have here is uh, the command to tithe. Now, we realize that this is uh, the, the law right here, the Old Testament law that we're reading. But one great thing about tithing is it predates the, the law that was given to Moses. And so some people will hear about tithing and be like, oh, that was the law of Moses. Well, yeah, it was commanded there, but tithing predates the law of Moses. Abraham uh, gave a tithe uh, to Melchizedek. And so tithing is before the law and it's also after the law because it is in the New Testament as well. But I want to show you something. Leviticus 27, we're going to look at verse 30 in the New King James. It says, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy 
to the Lord. And I explain this all the time, but it talks here about the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree. Well, in this society, I mean, that was the monetary system. That was the currency, really, that they used so much was 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 the seed of the land, the things they grew or the fruit of the tree. Now, in our modern day society, 2022, what I pay things for is, is with money, right? With with our American dollars. You know, I'd love to be able to take a bushel of apples into Walmart and say, here's here's these. I'll take a hundred dollars worth of grocery. But it doesn't work that way. And so what we what we tithe with probably isn't going to be your fruit or the crops that you grew or your livestock. But what we're going to tithe off of is the money that we make and the, what we earn. And so 10 percent, one tenth of what I earn is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. And what does holy mean? It means set apart. And so out of everything that I earn, one-tenth of it is set apart for God. And I don't touch something that's God's. I take it directly to Him because I don't want to tamper with what's holy and mess with that. Because when I do that, I'm not going to have the blessing of God on my life. And so what I want to do is give that 10% that is set apart to God and then he will bless the 90% that I have and with and I would rather live off of a blessed 90% of my income than a unblessed or as Malachi says cursed 100%. Amen. So let's get the blessing of God on our lives. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. All right, let's stand up together and we're going to speak some words of faith over our giving. Bring it on up when we do this. And then let's get into some praise and worship tonight. Who's ready to praise God? Yeah, we're going to praise the Lord tonight. Amen. Let's speak these words together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, binding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us at the altar as we worship tonight. We're rising up from the ashes, no longer bound by chains. You get your life for freedom. We're coming out of shadows. Your glory torn through the veil And now your light shines upon us We are free, we are yours To God be the glory Now and forever Seize my soul To God be the glory Now and forever Seize my soul Turn our sorrow to joy. 
Amen. Let's raise our hands to him. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. And we can declare that we are going to see a victory because this is not our battle, Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Just like David said to giant, the to the giant Goliath, the battle is the Lord's. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can look to you. We can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We're not trying to do this on our own. We thank you, Jesus, that because of you, we can always triumph. And so we praise your name tonight, Father, and we ask that you would have your way. Speak to us tonight, Lord. Show us what we need to see from your word. We love you and we praise your name tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise together tonight. Amen. Amen. The battle belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, you can make your way to your seats. Praise God. Amen. Well, we are going to get into the word of God tonight. And uh, at the end of the of the service, we're going to take communion together. And it's going to really just close close the night out really beautifully. So, uh, well, let's go ahead and get into this. If you've been here on some of the previous Wednesday nights, we are doing a Wednesday night series called Summer in the Psalms. And what we're doing is every Wednesday night, we are looking at uh, just really some different things out of the book of Psalms. And so the first uh, first week we looked at Psalm chapter one, which if you haven't read is very short, but very awesome. So you need to read Psalm one. Last week we looked at, uh, one of my absolute favorites, Psalm 18, and it is absolute fire. If you've never read Psalm 18, go home tonight and read Psalm 18 right away. Okay. And it's, it's absolutely incredible. And tonight, what we're going to be looking at is probably the most famous chapter in the entire Bible, I would say. Yeah, Miss Cindy already knows where I'm going. This is, I would say, you know, there's so many people that they may not know any other portion of scripture, but they can, a lot of people absolutely can all the way quote this chapter. And what we're going to look at tonight is Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm. And there's a good reason it's so famous. It's because it is absolutely incredible. And it's only six verses. And uh, I really like it in the King James because that's, you know, what so many people know it in. And so let's go ahead tonight and open our Bibles to the 23rd Psalm, the 23rd Psalm. Amen. Let's get excited about God's word. Come on. The 23rd Psalm, and uh, and so I, it's really good in the NLT also, but I just have to have it in the King James here. And so back uh, in September, I woke up one morning and had a bad stomachache, and I'm like, well, that's not normal because I don't usually have a bad stomachache. And so anyway, my wife talked me into going to the, to the doctor, to the hospital, and they're like, hey, you've got appendicitis. We need to do surgery like, you know, here just shortly, so go ahead and, uh, you know, get ready. We're going to do some surgery. I said, okay, you know, I guess you don't argue with that. So anyway, I went into surgery and it was incredible. Just one of the best times of my life. And then after surgery was over, uh, I wake up and, uh, and all I can think of is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And, and we're going to read this in the King James and, and some of it's probably a little different than we would word things in 2022. But when he says, I shall not want, that means I, I, I have everything I need. I have, in fact, the NLT says, I have all that I need. And when the Lord is your shepherd, you have all that you need. And praise God, you've got to get this in your heart. So, uh, we're going to get into this tonight and we're going to be looking in 
the book of Psalms and in the book of John also. Just those two books tonight. We're going to be looking in those two books because David goes through and talks about the Lord is my shepherd. And then Jesus rolls up on the scene way later in the book of John and says, hey, I am the good shepherd. And so we're going to look at what these two had to say about this. But here we go. The 23rd Psalm in the King James Bible. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I've got everything I need right there. Verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Praise God. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I can't but read that and just feel the peace of God on the inside of me. And, 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 and there's so many of the Psalms that, I mean, that's, that's one good thing about the book of Psalms is, is it just covers so many different topics. You read some of them and David is mad at his angries and he's like, strike them down, Lord. And some days you kind of have that feeling like, you know, Lord, I know I'm supposed to forgive, but if you could just kind of, you know what I mean? And, and, and we feel like that sometimes, but I love the 23rd Psalm because This is David speaking from his heart because David was a shepherd. And so when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, he's talking on terms that he's familiar with. He's speaking from his heart right here directly to the Lord in a way that is very real to him. And I love that. And so when David says, the Lord is is my shepherd. I've got everything I need. I shall not want. Some translations say, I lack nothing. And as we hear everybody complaining all the time right now, all right, you get this, right? I mean, let's get real. Some of these prices, they stink in the natural. I I don't like to see some of what I'm seeing. And it's real easy to join in with everybody else and be a part of the problem and say, this isn't fair. This wasn't like this two years ago. It's crazy what we're seeing right now, but check it out. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything I need right there, right? The president isn't my shepherd. The governor isn't my shepherd. My job isn't my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything I need. I shall not want. I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And I love still waters. And I picture this. I was on this hike, um, few weeks ago. And, uh, and so we, we went way up into the mountains in Big Bear and I, I got to the end of this trail, uh, uh, that, that I've hiked on. And, and at the end of it, I'm like, wait, it looks like you could go further. And so we went 
another half mile into the woods or so, and we got up there, and there's this beautiful lake that I've never seen before. I didn't even know it existed. And so we go further into the woods, and there's this absolutely beautiful water up there, and and, and there's ducks, and there's birds. And, and if you know me, I mean, that's about as close to heaven as I could possibly get. I mean, if I went any further, I would have just gone up to heaven right there and said, I'll see you all later. I can't, I can't stick around. But I love God's nature. And there was these still waters. And I just picture David talking about God leads us to this still, peaceful, calm place. There could be craziness all around, but when the Lord's your shepherd, hey, he leads you to the still waters and he restores your soul. Who in here, man, God's restored your soul. And you're like, well, I don't know if he has or not. Well, here, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And when you'll let God restore your soul, maybe you were an emotional basket case before. Maybe you were kind of mentally up and down. But when the good shepherd leads you to the still waters, he calms it all down. He restores your soul. You don't have to be a basket case anymore. You don't have to be on the roller coaster anymore. He will make everything stable in your life. Maybe I'm the only one because some of you are looking at me like I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I used to be, but now I've got Jesus, the good shepherd. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. For the sake of time, I have got to keep moving people. So let's look here at John chapter 10. Can we go there? John chapter 10, because David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And he writes about that. And then what's absolutely incredible is Jesus himself shows up on the scene. We know much, much later, hundreds of years later. And Jesus says this in John chapter 10. And we're going to look here at uh, starting at verse 11, John chapter 10. And we're going to look here starting at verse 11, because this is what Jesus has to say. So the Jewish people, anybody that read the Psalms up to this point, they were probably familiar with the 23rd Psalm. They're like, yes, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, you know, someday we'll, we'll meet him someday. And then Jesus literally shows up and he's like, hey guys, I am, <laughs> here I am. I am the good shepherd. So check this out. John 10, Verse 11, and if you've been keeping tabs, this is the fourth time that Jesus uses this phrase in the book of John, I am. All right, here it goes. John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. So the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand, he runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. And there's a lot of similarities, you know, uh, to the, Jesus is the good shepherd. And here on earth, in, the, in this realm... He puts pastors, right, in charge of flocks of sheep here on the in the world. And so you can also look at this. The King James calls them a hireling. And there's some people that are just professional preachers. And, and, and you know, they've gone to school to be a pastor. And, they, and it's their profession. But a real pastor, they're not a hired hand, right? When the wolf comes, they stay to defend the flock. And, 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 and they'll risk their own lives for it. But someone that's just in it for the money, 
they're like, hey, trouble, and they'll just split and run, right? And so uh, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 15 says, I will give you pastors after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so I'm not saying all this because I am a pastor. I'm just simply pointing something out here, okay? And so it's so important that we have a pastor in our life. And it's not someone that's just in it for the money. It's somebody that's in it because they love the sheep. And a a good shepherd would give their very life for the sheep. And so you need to know that. You need a pastor. And hey, if I'm not your pastor, that's fine. Find who your pastor is because you need one. And if we are your pastor, then praise God, we want to be here for you, okay? And so Jesus says, hey, if someone's just in it for the money, if they're a hired hand, they will split when trouble comes. But the good shepherd would lay down his life for the sheep. Look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life. For the sheep. And and look at this, verse 16. Hey, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. And if you don't know what he's talking about there, that could fly over your head. But verse 16 is really good news for me, and really good news for you also, because Everybody that he's talking to in this uh, chapter, he's talking to Jewish people of the day. And so they all get it. They're like, yeah, hey, the Lord is ours because we have this covenant. And, and, and they knew that, yes, the Lord is ours. But Jesus says something very powerful right here. He says, it's not just for you guys. I've got other sheep also that don't even belong to this sheepfold, but I'm bringing them along with us too. And I believe that those sheep he was talking about are you and me in 2022, the Gentile sheep that we weren't just born into this covenant thing with God. We we came into it by receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior, which everybody has to, Jew, Gentile, whatever. But it's so important for us to realize that, hey, if we're a Gentile, if we weren't born Jewish, that we are some of these other sheep that Jesus talked about. And he didn't say, yeah, the other ones, they're the, they're the second class sheep. You know, they're, they're the bench players. They're, they're the B list. But, you know, let's just include them to make them feel good. No, he puts us right up there with these guys and says, they aren't of this sheepfold, but they're coming along with us. And they are my sheep too. Who thinks that that's really good news? Who wants to be a good sheep for Jesus? And he is the good shepherd. Amen. All right. And so let's dig right in. I'm probably going to have to break Psalm 23 into a two-part thing because I just don't see how you can cover this in one night. But let's give it our best shot. Here we go. And so a few fun facts about the good shepherd is this. Number one, a good shepherd, what does he do? He feeds the sheep. He feeds the sheep. And so... I know this much as a grown adult, I'm responsible for eating. Anyone figure that out yet? That like, hey, you know, you're, you're a grown man now and you're like, I'm hungry. I don't know what to do about this. I, I'm, I'm hungry. I've got this, you know, my stomach's growling. I have no idea what to do. Well, it's simple. You got to go feed yourself and take care of that at this point, right? You're a big boy now. You're a big girl. You got to feed yourself. But here's the deal. I am not responsible for just creating the food. Somebody else creates that. Now, a, a, a couple hundred years ago, when I said I'm hungry, it was a much bigger deal. You had to grow your own wheat. 
You had to mill your own flour. You had to bake your own bread. You had to hunt your own animals and, and, and grow your own crops. And then you had to build your own fire. It was a lot of work just to get a good meal a while back, right? But now, here's the deal. I don't, you know, do any of that stuff. Uh, I, you know, it probably wouldn't hurt me to do some of it. But at the same time, I go and I buy stuff that's already prepared. And so, listen, as the sheep, you're not responsible as the sheep for making the bread, but you are responsible for eating the bread and, 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 and partaking it and seeing to it that you stay healthy. And so we're going to go uh, John chapter 6 right here. John chapter 6. And we're going to look at verse 35. John chapter 6, verse 35. And this is the first time that Jesus uses the phrase, I am. All right. And so in the book of John, there are seven times that Jesus says, I am. And this is the very first uh, reference to him saying this. And so John chapter 6, verse 35. And this is an interesting one to kick off with for all that he's saying. But John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so you've probably learned this already if, if you've received Jesus, that there is a hunger on the inside of every single one of us that can only be fulfilled by the bread of life. You know what I mean? That everybody, you've got a void, you've got, you've got something on the inside of you, and, 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 and people are looking for fulfillment. And, and so they may be, they may be looking like, well, if I made more money, I would finally be fulfilled. But you can't fulfill this hunger with money. Maybe people are thinking, you know, if I just got this, or if I just lived here, or if I just did this, then I would finally fulfill this void. But that hunger and that void can never be fulfilled until you partake of the bread of life. And so Jesus says, hey, if you come to me, you'll never be hungry again. I will fulfill you and I will take care of every single need. And so you're never going to fill this void through self-help books, right? You know, those are fine. You know, those are dandy, but that's not going to fulfill it. You know, you're never going to fulfill this hunger on the inside of you by cheesy motivational quotes on Facebook, those are fine. Those are fun. Those are cute. They're adorable. But they will not fulfill what you need on the inside of you. And I'm preaching to the choir right now because you know this, but you have to have the bread of life. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And he says, I am the bread of life. And so a good shepherd, he'll lead you to the food. He will provide the food, but you have got to partake of the food on your own. You know the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Unless you're Chuck Norris, then you can do both. But at the same time, uh, listen, the shepherd, he provides the food. He leads you to, he shows you right where it's at, but you have to partake of the food yourself. And so how do you eat and partake of the bread of life? By reading your Bible. 
It's just that simple. By reading your Bible, by hearing the Word of God like you are right now, John 1 verse 1 says that Jesus is the Word. And so anytime that we are partaking of the Word of God, we are partaking of the bread of life. And so also we know that when Jesus did the Lord's Prayer, He said, give us this day our daily bread. Notice He didn't say, give us this day our monthly bread, our, our, our weekly bread, our quarterly bread. Oh, it's that time of the year again. It's around Easter. We ought to read our Bibles again. No, you need daily bread if you're going to be a healthy, strong, growing Christian. It, it, it's going to take more than just cracking your Bible open once a week. And I, that may sound harsh. That may sound like, yeah, you've said that a hundred times. Then start reading your Bible every day. And, I, you know, come on, seriously, you need daily bread. Most of us eat every single day. We eat food every single day. And then we wonder why on the inside we aren't spiritually strong when we only eat once a week. Some people less than that. Once a month, once every couple of months, that's not enough to keep you strong. It's going to take consistency. And so you're like, well, I don't even know where to start. Man, you go to a church that literally publishes a daily Bible reading for every month of the year. And we've done it for like four years now. All right. And so if you don't know where to start, hdwc.org slash blog, go there and you'll get the the daily Bible reading. It, it, it's not, you know, we're trying to help you out here and we want to get God's word to you, but you've got to do this. And, and so we can lead you to the food. We can show you right where it's at, but you're going to have to partake of it yourself. And you can't just get strong because I eat every day. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, I am so full. Wow. I'm so full. Greg just ate a, you know, a whole plate of enchiladas. I feel so full right now. Well, that filled him up. That didn't do anything for me. I've got to eat myself, right? Did that go over your head? Because that was a pretty simple, I mean, that was about the most basic illustration I could give, okay? And so, listen, it's, I love it if somebody else is eating and getting full, but it does absolutely nothing to fill me up. I read my Bible every day. I study this thing, right? And you're going to have to do some of that yourself to start filling yourself up. Amen? All right. Thank you for your thunderous Amen tonight. Let's go to number two, all right? A good shepherd, he will feed you. Number two, he will water you. Because you know this, you live in the desert, you need water, don't you? You'll die of thirst. You need water. And so when I'm super thirsty, it's nice that I've got bread, but I also need some water. And and so let, we, we got to look at this. We're going to go over to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. So a good shepherd, he feeds the sheep, he leads them to the food. But another thing a good shepherd will do is always find a good water source for the sheep. And of course, you remember, what did David say? He leads me beside the still waters. And one good thing about still waters is it's easy to drink from. Now, if I'm super thirsty, I'll take a raging wild river because, hey, I need water. But on the daily, what do I need? I need still waters. And that's a beautiful thing because sheep are easily frightened. They're easily spooked. It doesn't take much to just make a sheep take off running and, 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 and the whole flock to scatter, like Jesus said in John 10. But when they've got still, calm, peaceful waters, they will drink from it and they will stay healthy. And it's a beautiful thing. And so he leads us beside 
these still waters. And, and I know this much that if you're busy and you've got a whole bunch of kids because people, you know, bring this to me all the time and, you know, they're like, I want to lay down in the green grass. I want to drink beside the still waters. But every time I do, the kids show up and I'm like, hey, I get it. Okay. It, it, it is difficult sometimes to just have the peace and the calm whenever you've got a busy life. Do you have a busy life? I've got a busy life. And I, you know, I've got kids, I've got a church, I've got all sorts of stuff. It's busy. And so you need to know this as an adult, that you're not probably going to get five hours a day to lay down in the green grass and listen to David playing the harp and just enjoy the still waters. Maybe you have that. I don't have that. But I do know this much, that it's not about quantity, it's about some quality time with Jesus. And so, man, 10 or 15 minutes, if that's what you've got, to listen to the voice of God, to read his word, to worship him. I mean, I'll take 15 quality minutes with Jesus, man. And and that's still waters. It will rejuvenate you. It will quench your thirst. He will give you your daily bread. But you've got to get there, all right? And so uh, I want to show you something, though, that Jesus said. In John chapter 7, because, uh, man, there's just so much, uh, there's so many similarities uh, between the 23rd Psalm and so much of what Jesus said in the book of John. And so you need the daily bread and you also need water, which the good shepherd leads you to. So John chapter 7, and we're going to look here at verse 37. And Jesus is at one of the great big Jewish festivals, the festival of shelters. And so... Just imagine you're at like the county fair or something. There's people everywhere. There's vendors. There's there's games going on. There's celebrations. It's just a big festive type of situation. And so Jesus does this. John 7 and verse 37. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty can come to me. And so I'm probably thinking, well, good, he's got some Gatorade. He's, you know, you're thinking he's a vendor, right? Because there's probably all sorts of people selling things like, you know, come here and get your fresh cold soda, get your peanuts, get, you know, and there's people selling things everywhere. And so Jesus stands up. He's like, hey, if you're thirsty, come over here. And, and they're like, okay, what's this guy got? But listen to what he says. And this is different from what everybody else had to say. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Like, what is he talking about? That that doesn't sound healthy at all. Water on the heart, that's not good. But Jesus says, no, rivers of living water will flow from your heart if you come to me. No, I've heard of a lot of waters, right? We've got Dasani, we've got we've got all these different mineral waters. And Jesus said, if you'll come to me, I will give you a living water. What is living water? And he says, you'll never, ever be thirsty again. And, and so uh, he says it's going to flow from your heart. Well, you should know this by now if you've listened very long around here that your heart is not talking about the organ in your chest, the blood pumper. Your heart is talking about your spirit. 
Anytime that you see heart in the Bible, it's almost always referring to your spirit, the most inner part of who you are, your heart, your spirit, that's the real you. That's at the essence, at the core. Your heart is who you are. And Jesus says, if you'll come to me, this living water, it'll flow from your heart. It'll flow from your spirit. Now, what's he talking about here? Because because uh, to, to some people, they don't understand what, what he's saying here. But I want to show you verse 39. And he says exactly what he's talking about. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit. He was speaking of, of the, the spirit, the Holy Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into His glory. And so, what is living water? The living water, according to what Jesus said here, is referring to the Holy Spirit. Now you realize that not everybody at this point had the Holy Spirit. Because he was not to be poured out until the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. After 40 days after Jesus went to heaven, the Holy Spirit shows up on the day of Pentecost. And it baptizes all of them in the Holy Spirit. They begin speaking in other tongues. And they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so what I'm telling you right now is this. The daily bread is Jesus, the Word of God, the living bread, the bread of life. The living water that the sheep need, you got to have water, is the Holy Spirit in your life. And so if you want to eat every day, you need to read your Bible every day. If you want to drink every day, you need some time with the Holy Spirit. Whether that's praying in the Spirit or if it's absolutely worshiping God in spirit and in truth, as he said in John chapter 4. But you need some Spirit-filled time every day. And if you've just been feeling dry, some water is what you need. It'll loosen things up. It will restore you. You need some spirit-filled time every day. So as much as I need to read the Bible every day, I've got to eat every day. I've got to have my daily bread every single day. I need living water every single day. I need some time with the Spirit. I need to be praying in the Spirit. I need to be worshiping in spirit and in truth, as John chapter 4, verse, uh, around verse 20 said, all right? Um, I got to keep moving. Let's look at Psalm 63. Can we go there for a minute? Psalm 63. Are we learning anything? Are you receiving tonight? Thank you, Dylan. All right. Psalm 63. Okay, let's check this out. Psalm 63. Let's go there. And we're going to see what King David had to say right here. Psalm 63. So you need daily bread and you need living water. We're talking about being a good sheep. He is the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me to these still waters. He takes, he leads me there, but I'm going to have to partake myself. So Psalm 63, and here we have um, another Psalm of David, another one that David wrote. And so look, we're going to look at the first four verses here in the New King James. David says this, Oh God, you are my God. Early 
Will I seek you? That's why I believe in, you know, seeking him earlier in the morning. <laughs> he says, my soul, what does my soul do? It thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. And so follow me on this, please. David opens this up by saying, I'm thirsty. I'm in a dry and thirsty land. My soul is thirsty. I long for you. Have you ever been in a dry place and your soul is thirsty and longing for him? What does David end up doing to quench this thirst? He goes to praising the Lord. Praise. And so I present for your humble consideration on this beautiful Wednesday evening, if you are thirsty, if, if, you know, you're, you're getting your bread, you're, you're getting in the Word, but you just feel dry and thirsty, you need some praise in your life. And, and just like the... Sundays and Wednesdays should not be the only time you hear the Bible all week. Sundays and Wednesdays should not be the only time that you praise and worship God every week. This is it's great to do it all together. We got to have this, but you need to be worshiping God on your own. Well, I can't sing. It's not about that. It's about you singing to God. It doesn't matter what you sound like. You got to get this. You need to be worshiping and praising God on your own every day. And 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 when David was thirsty on the inside, he went to praising God. And notice when he praised, what did he say he did? He would lift up his hands. Well, I just don't know why you crazy people raise your hands when you praise. Well, I do it because the Bible says to and David did it. And hey, he was really, really well off. And so if David lifted his hands to praise, hallelujah, I'm going to lift my hands to praise in his name. And when David did this, what happened? It quenched the thirst on the inside of him. And so a good shepherd, he will lead you to the word for bread and to the spirit for some living water. And I've got time to go to number three. So the third thing about a good shepherd is this. A good shepherd protects. A good shepherd will protect the sheep. Now you remember in John chapter 10... Jesus said a hired hand, he runs when trouble comes. And Jesus said that the good shepherd, he won't run. He'll lay down his life for the sheep. And we realize, right, that Jesus did literally give his life up for the sheep. He did that on the cross. He gave his own life for us. And so I want us to go back to John chapter 10. We'll close out here. John chapter 10. And we're going to look at verse 4. John chapter 10 and verse 4. Because... There's a lot that goes into protecting the sheep. There's a lot of ways that the Lord protects us. Do you realize that? I don't think most people realize that. That there's a lot of ways that God protects you. One way is he has his angels surround you. Psalm 34 tells us that, that the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. You have angels that protect you from the Lord. You've got you've got the Holy Spirit that, that 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 speaks to you to protect. There's so many ways that God 
protects you that you don't even realize. But I'm going to focus on one thing here because it pertains in particular to shepherds. All right. So John chapter 10. And we're going to look here at, uh, at verse 4. And so this is, again, Jesus speaking of being a good shepherd, the good shepherd. It says, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him. Why do they follow him? Because they know his voice. Because they know his voice. We follow the good shepherd because we know his voice. And I want you to look at verse 27, then I'll explain something. Verse 27, John 10, verse 27. Jesus says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so one very important characteristic of letting the Lord be your shepherd is you listening to his voice. You've got to know him by his voice because I'll admit it. I don't know him by his face. I've never seen his face. Jesus didn't say, my sheep know me because they know my face. My sheep know me because they know this about me. No, my sheep know me because they know my voice. And if you're like, well, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. Well, you know, we talk about this often. There's a lot of ways that God's going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you through his word. He, he's got so many ways. He can speak to you. Romans chapter 1 and Psalm 19, which I almost preached on tonight. But Psalm 19 and Romans chapter 1 literally say that God will speak to you through his nature, through his creation. And so it tells us that nobody on earth has any excuse for saying that they never got a chance to hear about God. Because even if you never heard a preacher preach the gospel, the Lord will reveal himself and even speak to you through his creation and let you know that he's alive and that he's the creator and you got to receive him. All right. And so people ask, well, what about someone that never heard? Well, there's your answer. Psalm 19 and Romans chapter one and there's other chapters. But anyway, God speaks to you even through his creation. But the biggest thing you need to know is this, is that the Lord will speak to you in your heart on the inside. And for the sake of time, we can't go there. But first Kings chapter 19, the prophet Elijah, he was wanting to hear the voice of God. And so he climbs up on the mountain and he's like, God, speak to me. And so a big, big wind comes through and it blows the rocks off the mountain. And, 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 and out of this big wind, wait a minute, I, I didn't hear God. And then a fire breaks out and then an earthquake shakes everything. And all of these big, spectacular things happen. But the scripture says, but God was not in the wind, but God was not in the fire. God was not in the earthquake. After all of the big spectacular things, because we're always thinking, well, this is a big, booming, spectacular thing. This must be God. But sometimes he's not in the big, booming, spectacular light shows. What happens is after all of that, there is a still, a a, a little, a still, calm breeze. And and it says there was a still, small voice. The, The New Living Translation in verse 12 says there was a gentle whisper that spoke to his heart. And I'm telling you now that God will speak to your heart in a still small voice or a gentle whisper. And you've got to get familiar with listening to the voice of the Lord. And some people would say it's your conscience or or something else. And, And as a Christian, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And here's the thing. 
If you constantly ignore the voice of God, your heart becomes calloused and hardened, and it's not easy to hear from him anymore. If I, you know, you ever had somebody, you talk to them all the time and they don't listen anyway. After a while, you're like, I don't, I don't even want to talk to them anymore. And, and they don't listen. And in our relationship with God, it's very important, even in the little things, even if God's like, hey, go this way home today. Hey, don't go there. Hey, I want you to do this. I want you to wear this outfit today. Or, you know, whatever, even little things. We've got to listen in the little things because the more that you listen in the little things, it gets a whole lot easier and smoother to hear the voice of God. And someone's like, God never says anything to me. He's probably been speaking to you for months and years, and you just haven't listened, and so you don't even know what his voice sounds like anymore. You've got to learn to listen because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They won't follow strangers. They won't follow some crook. They won't follow some faker. They'll follow me because they know my voice. You have got to listen to his voice, even in the little things. And I know in my life, sometimes when something bad's happened, I'll look back and say, God, what what in the world happened? I know you give me my daily bread. I know you give me my living water, but you're supposed to protect me. What in the world happened right here? And 10 times out of 10, I can look back and I always have been able to pinpoint, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. This happened and you were trying to speak to me. And this happened and you tried to warn me. And this happened and, and I can always in my life, you know, you speak for yourself. I'm just talking about me. But I've always been able to look back and, and, and pinpoint times where God was speaking to me and saying, Hey, quit doing that. Don't go that way. Go the other way. Stop. Reverse. Red flag. Red flag. And I was like, no, 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 thank you. No. And I pushed through it anyway and didn't listen to his voice. And when there's been some bad things happen in my life, I've always been able to identify the point where God was speaking to me and I was stubborn and ignored it. And it wasn't his fault. The good shepherd did his job. I refuse to accuse the good shepherd of not doing his job of being lazy, of, of, of saying, uh, no, 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 you didn't hold up your end of the deal. He always holds up his end of the deal. But I've got to look in my life and say, wait, you were you you did try to warn me. You did tell me that this was coming ahead, but I just didn't listen. And, and I'm sorry. I'm, I Forgive me, Jesus. I, I'll, I'll get back on the right track. I'll, I'll do it your way. I, I'm sorry. But he speaks to us. It's just not always in a big, booming fireworks show. A lot of times... It's just a gentle whisper on the inside. And if you ignore him all the time, you're going to have a really hard time hearing his voice. You've got to listen even in the little things. He's a really good shepherd. He's not bad. He's nothing but good. And he will lead us to the peaceful still waters. But we've got to listen. Amen. All right. I'm going to better quit there tonight. Can we stand up together? We're going to take communion tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to close out with communion. And uh, as we do this, I believe it would be a really great time to maybe just listen to the voice of God for a minute. To just, to just take just a minute here. I, I realize that we're, you know, we're, in, we're already in the overtime segment of Wednesday night service. But what I want to do is uh, let's go ahead and line up, come and get the elements here. And then I just want you to take a minute 
and just listen to the good shepherd. See if he's speaking something to your heart. And, and, and if maybe he says, hey, I've been trying to tell you this for a while. Would you listen? Go ahead and, and yield yourself and listen. Amen. Go ahead. different chapter than I usually use for communion, but Luke chapter 22, this is Jesus getting ready to uh, have the last supper with his disciples, and it's a very powerful moment, as we know, but I'm just going to look here at uh, verse 18, he's getting ready to, he's passing out the bread and the, the wine to them, and he says, he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it, then he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And so he's like, hey, when I'm, we're not going to have this meal again until I'm, until heaven. You're, you are not going to share a meal with me. And you guys realize that that meal is coming up pretty soon. We are going to be sharing a meal with Jesus very, very soon in heaven. It's called the marriage supper of the lamb. He says he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is broken for you. 
do this to remember me. And, and, and they had never had heard this like your body. What are you talking about? But they would soon find out that Jesus body was going to be broken for them because the good shepherd, he lays down his life for the sheep. And so let's take this bread tonight and remember the good shepherd that gave his life for ours. And so we could have peace and we could have healing. Thank you, Jesus. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And so the juice that we take tonight, it represents the blood of Jesus and the brand new covenant that we have with him. And so, Jesus, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you that you are the good shepherd. We have everything we need in you. We love you, and we do this to remember you. Amen. Well, we're going to close out tonight by singing, uh, we're going to do, Oh, the blood of Jesus, or let's do that. Let's do Oh, the Blood of Jesus. Amen. If you don't know it, follow along. It's been good to be in the presence of the Lord tonight, amen, right there with the Good Shepherd. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and close us out tonight. If you did come needing prayer, uh, you can uh, come see me or, one, you know, Chuck or one of the one of the leaders here, and we would love to pray for you if, if you need that. But I believe that taking communion right there was just a great place to end things tonight, amen. Let's go ahead and raise our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. For what we've seen in your word tonight. And God, we've probably heard the 23rd Psalm so many times, Lord, even since we were little kids. But Lord, it is powerful and it is the truth that we need, Lord. We thank you that you are the good shepherd. You do lead us, Lord, to these green pastures, these still waters. And we know that your rod and your staff, they protect us and they comfort us, Lord. And we know that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, use us this week to show your love to those around us. And we thank you that we're going to see great things in this city, in this community because of you. We love you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen?
All right. We're into our Barstow Faith Confession. And as we do that, uh, remember our servant leadership uh, meeting is tomorrow night at 6.30. So come on out. We're going to have a good time uh, just taking care of the, some business there and, and planning the rest of the year out. And, of course, Young Adults is Friday night at 6.30. All right. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.